It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. So we are on our, let's see, fourth section of this stay-at-home retreat, this Kriya Yoga Meditation Online Stay-at-Home Retreat. And we've had an introduction to Kriya Yoga philosophy, the general idea of Kriya Yoga philosophy. We have also explored briefly an introduction to the Bhagavad Gita, an introduction to the principles within the Yoga Sutras, which are of paramount importance in practicing yoga. And this evening, this is going to be a little bit shorter session, but our um, our goal is to talk about what I consider to be the crown jewel of this whole practice. And it's this, um, it's this work of contemplation which allows us to have all of our spiritual questions answered. And that's why I consider it to be the crown jewel of the practice. Because many people come to this work with many questions. They want to know what God is, what their true self is, what their higher self is. They want to know um, what is it like to experience peace? What is it like to go beyond the mind? What is it like to finally have a sense of faith or a sense of trust in life or a sense of trust in this whole experience. Uh, The kinds of questions that people have are are really endless. And I don't think um, personally individuals necessarily spend enough time really trying to figure out what their most important questions are. Because if you know what your questions are, then after you learn to meditate well, after you have learned to live a yogic lifestyle which supports your ability to be calm and peaceful and reflective inside, and you've got that foundation, you've got that stability, now your practice really comes alive because you can interact with the rest of you, the wholeness of life, that which is beyond yet a part of the mind, body, personality experience. And your spiritual practice is then what I consider to be a living, breathing practice because you're not just trying to escape pain anymore. You're not just trying to put yourself in a trance so you have a little bit of relief from the problems in the world. You are now acutely aware that you are part of a vast, infinite intelligence And that this mind-body personality complex is just one little expression of it, one little uh, vessel of this much uh, broader, grander, um, unfathomable presence. And once you you have that sense, well, now you can interact with all of that. Uh, Mr. Davis would always say that 
um, the intelligence, the knowledge, the processes of the universe were all within you or me or whoever. They're, they're all within us, which means we can access it. But in order to do that, we have to be able to let go of attachment to our small sense of self. Because if you think that you can, for example, travel from um, Washington, D.C. to California without ever leaving Washington, D.C., well, that's a problem. Just like if you want to experience a greater state of awareness without ever leaving this small, confined mind-body personality sense, that's probably not going to work. So through the meditative process, you learn to let go of that which holds you back from having all of your spiritual questions answered. And then, every morning and every evening when you go into the process, you meditate well, things are calm, things are serene, and now you can ask, how is it that I'm really a part of this wholeness of life? This is just a question that, that I had asked previously. And you meditate on it for days, weeks, maybe even months at a time. But you have to be okay with that kind of work because think about it. What is it, how can I experience, what is it like to know that I'm part of this wholeness of life? That's a lot. To think that it's going to happen just like that uh, after one go is kind of like thinking that you're going to take one class in your PhD program and all of a sudden they're going to give you your diploma. So for me, what I found is that after doing meditation, if I can take my spiritual questions inward and treat it like I'm having a conversation with the rest of me, the, the, the greater part of myself, which is beyond this limited uh, time-space continuum, and I can meditate on it and contemplate it and hold it within my awareness, then the answers and the responses to those questions I have come forth. I experience them. It's not like someone writes me a paragraph and hands it to me and I can read it. It's like a knowing. It's like you sit around and you wonder, uh, what is it like to, what, what does a blueberry pie taste like if you've never had a blueberry pie? Well, what does a blueberry pie taste like? I've had blueberries, I've had pie, but I don't know what a blueberry pie tastes like. And you contemplate that. And it's as if within your meditation, uh, a few days later, someone says, you know what, I was thinking about you the other day and I thought I should make you a blueberry pie. And so then you get one, now you know. That's often what it's like uh, in, in this kind of contemplative process where you contemplate something and you, want, you wonder about it. You're curious about it. It's not stressful. It's not like I have to know this or everything's going to go to hell. It's, it's a curiosity. What would it be like to know these things? And then what you'll find is maybe in your meditation, the realization dawns. It's like a, just pops into your awareness. Oh, now you understand. Maybe you're... Uh, visiting your, your parents and your uh, dad's watching Star Trek and you just happen to sit down right at the moment when one of the characters happens to say something that essentially answers your question. And I've, had that, I've had that happen to me multiple times. You, many of you have heard me talk about this before, particularly with shows like Star Trek. It's like, okay, well, that's interesting. Or someone hands you a book. You might want to read this or you're having a conversation with someone and then um, they just start talking about that which you want to know about and it, it clarifies things for you. And it's important to think about life in this way because remember, we're a part of the whole, which means the, the knowledge, the information can come to you in any way, really. I mean, it can come to you through people, through books, through television, through your own realization, aha moments. 
through a memory that you had forgotten about. Um, but it all requires that you have the intention to figure something out or that you're curious about something. And you can treat this or you can uh, treat your study of the Yoga Sutras, the Bhagavad Gita, this way, where you meditate and then you read a little bit. And you read and most of it makes sense until eventually um, you get to the passage where it says, um, the wise mourn not for the living nor the dead. And you hit that point and you think, well, I don't quite understand that. That's, that's a little bit, I don't know if I can, I just can't get my mind around it or um, sort of averse to that idea of letting go of that kind of sentimental attachment, but I just don't understand it. So then you wonder, well, what does this really mean? If I could go beyond my preconceptions, my fears, my attachments, my aversions, if I could really know what that phrase meant, how would I live? What would my life be like? And you just sit after meditation wondering about that, just thinking about the phrase or, or repeating it in your mind, wondering, what does that really mean? And then you leave a little space or a little gap just in case some response might come. And then if you start to get sidetracked or distracted, you check in again. Yeah, okay, that phrase, let's, let's, let's bring that up again. Let's look at that. And you wonder, what is that all about? And then in time, maybe you'll read that phrase again in a few months, and all of a sudden you understand. Now I know what that phrase means. So this whole process isn't meant to just turn you into someone who seeks out uh, escapism through putting yourself in a trance by way of mechanical meditation procedures, nor is it um, a kind of process to where um, you just zone out of everything. It's, it's, it's a process to where your meditation in your life becomes like a communion or a communication that everything's working together. You've got your small self, but it's aware of its relationship and connection to the greater self. And it knows how to communicate that way to the greater self, it knows how to wait for the responses to come. It also knows that sometimes the responses don't come immediately because maybe one isn't prepared to understand those things. So it develops this kind of living, breathing, dynamic relationship that becomes your spiritual life. And that is when your spiritual practice becomes very enjoyable because it's like going from having an interaction with uh, a spouse or a partner whom you thought was attractive and interesting, but you didn't really talk a whole lot. And then one day you start recognizing, wait, we actually share a lot in common. Then you start recognizing this person's my best friend. And then you start talking to them and exploring things with them and, and growing with them and working through difficulties together and then exploring good things together. That happens related to how you experience God, divine consciousness, your true self. That all comes together and before that usually happens, a person, it's typically required that they have a solid meditation process that the very fundamental basics is I'm going to repeat over and over, healthy lifestyle, good diet, good choice of friends and entertainment, um, regular schedule of rest and activity, consistent deep meditation. Once that is there, it's like you have created the variables to have a really wonderful garden. You've got the sunshine, you've got the rain, you've got uh, the proper pH in the soil, you've got the right nutrients there. Now you're ready to 
to really plant some seeds, some heirloom seeds, and to grow some wonderful uh, fruits and vegetables for yourself, to nourish yourself and to nourish other people. So you have to do that groundwork first, and then, and then it's very simple. And we're going to explore some of this in a, a practice session tonight. Then, after you meditate, you take some time to consider, what do you really want to know? Why are you meditating? What is, what is your drive? What is the inspiration you have? And then if it arises, you want to know what it's like to be the true self, your true self, beyond thought, name, emotion, form, uh, conditioning. You really want to know what that's like. Well, now after you meditate, you keep your breath steady. You can bring your awareness to your heart or to your spiritual eye or to your crown, whichever is most comfortable for you. It doesn't matter as long as you hold it there for a duration, meaning for the entirety of the process. And then you ask, what is it like to know my true self beyond name, form, preference, attachment, aversion, personality? What am I? What is this true self that is the fundamental principle of everything? And you ask that question internally, and like you really mean it, just like I said it. I said it like I meant it. And then I wait. And then you wait. You contemplate. Okay. I know, I know what I'm aiming for. I know what I'm curious about. And you allow yourself to exist in that space of silence after you've asked the question for as long as you can. And then when a distraction arises or you start thinking about something else or you're not centered anymore, okay, all right, let's get back on track here. What, what is this true self? What is this true self that is beyond my name and my form and my personality? What is that? I really want to know. And you put it out there again. Hold your awareness in your heart or one of these other centers. And you wait. And the waiting is the most important part because the waiting is the way that you have a healthy conversation with someone or something. Meaning if you're talking to me and you're asking me a question, if you never stop talking, I'm never going to be able to answer your question. You understand? Or say that you ask me a question and I just pause for a moment to really think about how to answer. And that silence makes you uncomfortable. So rather than letting me just formulate the answer or to think about the response, you start talking again. So now I'm, I got to kind of, okay, well, what do you really want to know then? But if you ask me a question and I pause and I think about it, cause I really want to answer it in a way that you can understand that is helpful. It might take a little while for me to formulate that. Once I have it, then I tell you. So this is how this process works. It's, you ask the question and then the universal consciousness or the bigger part of you or that which is the infinite aspect of you, it might take a little while for it to cogitate on and put all the pieces together about how can this information be shared with you such that you really get it, like the aha moment, you understand. And it may be that the universe decides, now I don't mean to anthropomorphize the universe, but this is just useful for our discussion. Maybe the universe decides they're not going to get it if I, if I give them like a mental picture and meditation. That's not going to be enough for them. 
um, maybe at that point in time, the universe decides, um, okay, well, in a few days, they're going to meet this individual who's having a particular life experience, and that individual is going to then describe the life experience, and that's going to wake them up to the understanding of what, what they wanted to know. So that is why the idea of patience in the process of contemplation is important because number one, you have to be silent to hear what the response is. Number two, it may be that the response has to come in a certain way, which is not necessarily related to you sitting there quietly with your eyes closed. Uh, Number three, it may be that you at this point in time are not necessarily ready to have that question answered. And so you have, to, you have to be patient such that as you mature or when the time is right or when the variables are all lined up, the conditions are right, then you have the fruits of the contemplation. So as you do this, remember, get your life in order first, the best you can foundational process. Number two, learn to meditate well what you're doing. Once you get a handle on being able to sit there quietly in stillness, then after your meditation, maybe you've been contemplating what you want to know, you've written it down, you, you look at your piece of paper in your journal, and you say, this is what I want to know. What is real? What is real? And you contemplate that, and you wonder about it for maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes after meditation, and then you let it go. Take a deep breath in, exhale, relax, open your eyes and go about your day. Tomorrow you do the same thing. You keep, you keep a hold of that which you want to know such that it kind of aligns you to the potential for the realization. Um, and it also keeps you focused on the process. And then one day, maybe in meditation, Maybe at some random moment, maybe when you're driving down the road, maybe when you're taking a walk in nature, all of a sudden it dawns on you. Oh, that's what I wanted to know. And it's as simple as that. Um, practicing many of these preliminary uh, lifestyle methods, uh, talked about niyamas and niyamas of the Yoga Sutras, uh, helps to save you from more difficult realizations. What do I mean by that? Well, let's think about possessiveness. Let's say you're overly possessive of someone in your family or a relationship or a thing, and you really want to know what is real and what is true. And right now, your state of consciousness believes that as long as you hold on to this person or this thing or this ideology or this experience, that everything will be well. But that's not really true, as we know, because it's one of those things that rises and falls. And so if you haven't practiced non-possessiveness and figured that out, well, then you might be contemplating, what is it like to know what is true, what is real? And the experience that you might be given is a loss of the thing, which you thought d defined you. And then you have to go through the painful experience of realizing, well, okay, that's not real either. That's not how I wanted to understand this but I get the point. I see how it works. So this is one of the reasons why things like harmlessness, non-possessiveness, truthfulness, purity, contentment, if you actively try to practice those now, it is less likely that as you contemplate the deeper meanings of life and spirituality and what is real and what is unreal, you are, you are less likely 
from what, what I understand at this point in time, you are less likely to be forced into situations where you have to develop contentment or you have to be harmless or you have to surrender in God. You understand what I'm saying? So that is why practicing the, the preliminary yamas and niyamas in, in the yogic system is so important. Just like in the Yoga Sutras, that statement, um, pain which is not yet ex- pain which hasn't been experienced is to be avoided. Well, this is how you avoid that kind of future pain. Also, you may find that as you contemplate certain things, um, all kinds of life experiences can happen to you because what that's doing is it's setting up the process that will lead you to the realization of what you were curious about. Now, let's take a moment. I want to practice here in about uh, eight minutes or so, but I want to make sure you understand what I'm trying to share with you. Um, I do believe I have another video on contemplation at youtube.com slash online. So you can go to that YouTube channel in the search box, type in contemplation, see what pops up. I definitely know that I spend a good bit of time talking about this in the book Kriya Yoga Vichara, because again, I consider this to be like the crown jewel of really enkindling, uh, activating, making your spiritual practice a living, breathing thing. And it's in Kriya Yoga Vichara where I focus a lot on that. But for now, what I want to know is, what are your questions about how this works? How can I make this more clear for you so that you understand what I'm really trying to share here? If it all makes sense, wonderful. No big deal. We'll practice together. Um, But if you're curious and you want to know, what's he talking about? Please uh, type it in the, the chat box there. And I'll do my best to clarify it for you. It's not hard. It's actually pretty straightforward. It just takes a lot of consistency, practice, and trust. So what are your questions? And while we're waiting on these questions, um, just to speak to this from my own personal experience, there's really not a lot that I, at this point in time, am curious about. There's not a lot that I sit around and think I'd really like to understand this because I've spent a long time contemplating a lot of things in the same way that when it comes to the experiences of life for me now, um, there's very little that makes me go, you know what, like I really want to experience that. Uh, Much of what I've ever contemplated and wanted to experience, I have experienced. Um, Right now, my main function is to share what I know with you, not because of some amazing drive to do so, just because it's a natural expression that seems to be coming through uh, when I consider what should I be doing with my life. Uh, There are other things that I I enjoy doing, such as spending time in nature, but that can happen at any time. There are things I like learning uh, in regards to music. That's interesting for me. But most of my spiritual questions, most of them have been profoundly answered through this process such that I don't worry about it anymore. My mind, when I was younger, overly engaged in thinking and philosophy and really trying to put it all together, pin it all down. Uh, Well, that, that doesn't happen anymore because I learned how to do this. 
And that's what I want for you too, because once you have your spiritual questions answered, well then you can live in the present moment as best you, you are able, um, being a unique expression of this individualized consciousness and fulfilling your role and your duty in this world. So that's why I find this to be so important. I want to share it with you. Now let's see what questions we have here. I don't feel like I need to go into contemplation with a specific question. Is that okay? It's okay. If you don't even have to do contemplation if you don't want to. So this is not something I'm saying you have to do. This is just a wonderful process that I personally have enjoyed and found very helpful. Um, but if you want to know, if you want to have an experience, if you want to know uh, what is it like to be completely thought free and clear and whole and, and at one with everything, well, contemplate that. What is that like? with a sense of expectation, like you can actually experience it. Remember earlier, we were talking about the Yoga Sutras in the previous section, the idea of self-confidence, even belief and faith. You have to know that it can happen, and then you wait for it to bloom in your awareness. Um, these aren't very... There aren't very many questions here, but one of these comments does um, remind me of something. When I first began this process, uh, oftentimes responses would seem to come in kind of like a mystical or um, so big I can't quite grasp it, comprehend it kind of a way. And so I had to refine the process by when I had a question, I would ask the question and then I would follow it up with, answer this question in no uncertain terms, in a way that this little dumb person, Ryan, can actually really get it and understand it and work with it. So uh, I followed it up with this um, very specific, hey, I, I don't want a nebulous, mind-boggling experience, although that's helpful every now and then. I want something that, that I can really digest <laughs> and understand, um, which helped make the process, in my mind, more, more uh well, just more digestible. That's probably the best word. Are the random things one thinks about during the day many contemplations or things we're curious about? If so, should we be vigilant about monitoring our thoughts lest we experience them? Well, you need to explore that. I personally have had some experiences where I had to start telling myself, no, I don't want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> and this is kind of a painful, very simplistic experience. Uh, but I've had multiple things like this happen. One time I was at CSA, Center for Spiritual Awareness, on a retreat, right as I was kind of coming to this understanding of, of how this process works. And uh, there's a, where there was, I think there still is, um, either a Thai or a Chinese restaurant um, in Clayton, just down the road. And I went there for lunch one day. And for some reason, I walked in the bathroom. I don't know why I had this thought. But the thought was, man, what would it feel like if I got my fingernail caught on that door and it ripped itself off? I don't know why that popped into my mind. And I let it go. And I thought, well, that's weird. And then I used the bathroom. I washed my hands. And sure enough, for some reason, as I was doing something with the door, it caught my fingernail. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is a clear sign of you watch what you're thinking about. And there've been other situations where things would pop into my mind and uh, 
uh, I, I would, it would just come in and I was not vigilant about it. And then next thing I know, within a day or two, that actually happened. That goes for good and for bad things. So yes, I do feel that when you take, when you purposefully practice contemplation, it's charged, meaning like you're really into it. Um, you, you need to really have a disciplined mind. So that's why you meditate, so that your mind is disciplined in this regard. You can also use this process in other ways, uh, such as, for example, um, oftentimes I would, I would misplace my keys or my wallet when, when we lived in Asheville and we lived in this teeny weeny condo. And who knows how I misplaced my keys and my wallet in that small of a, a place. But then I started wondering about this. And this is very mundane, but what I started doing is when I couldn't find my wallet or my keys, I would think to myself, where are my keys? Like as though I really wanted to know. And then I reaffirmed, I know exactly where they are. I, like I, I brought up that feeling. I know exactly where my keys are. I'm, I'm just about to find them. There they are. I would kind of play that game in my mind. And within five to 10 seconds, it was like all of a sudden my eyes just went right to where they were. So when you're contemplating these, these much bigger processes, you can also approach it that way. You can say things like, I know exactly what it's like to exist and abide as the self. It's, it's just about to dawn on me. It's, I know exactly what it's like to know this oneness of God, divine consciousness. I know the reality of this. And it's just, it's just about there. I can feel it. And you bring up that sense of anticipation um, of the dawning of that experience. And that will help push the process forward. But you see, you're coming at it not from a place of, could a little poor me really understand that? Am I really spiritual enough to get that? No, you're coming at it from curious, yeah, I'm about to experience this. Just like I'm about to go on a roller coaster and know what that's like. You have that same kind of acceptance and belief of it. So um, it, is, it is an interesting process and it can be very helpful. Uh, usually though, our, our contemplations throughout the day are, are just our mind processing things. Just like in, sometimes dreams at night, sometimes they mean something. Most of the time, it's just like uh, defragmenting your hard drive. When you're defragmenting your hard drive, you're not looking at every bit of information saying, what does that mean that it moved from here to there? It's just things getting organized. Sometimes that's what's happening. But sometimes you have dreams or realizations that you know you wake up and you know it's important. You know it actually relates to something, means something. So don't get too paranoid or um, superstitious about this process. I don't mean to encourage that. And if you are, you can simply start out with the intention every day um, to the universe. I will let you know when I really want to know something. At other times, just ignore all the random stuff. That can be helpful. Okay, can we form a question in contemplation in the format you have suggested before for similar things? Like, what would it feel like if I could experience trust of universal consciousness? So could we ask something like, what could it be like if I could understand what God is? Exactly, yeah, you approach it that way. What would it be like? And I, you know, I've done this uh, a lot. What would it be like if I had trust in life? What would it be like if I trusted my relationship with God, that no matter what happens, that I am, I am following that path and, and expressing what needs to be expressed and experiencing what needs to be experienced? What would it be like if I had that trust, no matter what happens? That's a good one. Uh, you really contemplate that. And then you can even define, I'm ready to feel that trust. And then you have to let it in. 
Because if you keep going back to doubt and if you keep going back to pushing those things away through overthinking, because remember, it's about the silence of waiting for the experience, uh, it makes it harder. But what you are um, talking about, it seems to be from the book Kriya Yoga Vichara, how I have a, a list of how to ask these questions in contemplation. Okay, so another question. The most difficult thing for me, I seem to get answers like a mental download, usually w upon waking up. Uh, much of it is far-fetched from my prior beliefs. This causes me to question whether I'm imagining these answers and no way, and there's no way to verify if what I discovered is truly real. Uh, no one with whom to discuss my understandings. Yeah, if you've got doubt about it, it's not the answer. Like when you have a realization, you're not going to question it. It's going to be, oh, okay, I get it. Um, if, if it turns into an overthinking or if it turns into uh, something distracted like that, just, just let it go. It's like you're, you're digging through the garden for something, uh, your potatoes or whatever, and you find something that looks like a potato, but then you recognize, oh, it's not a potato. So you just throw it away and you keep digging. Can you tell I have gardening on my mind? <laughs> Not quite ready to garden, but eventually. I'm contemplating, what am I going to garden? How is it going to work? So for me, the question is the same. Who am I? I've experienced the answer multiple times and still do. Sometimes uh, I want the end. Well, again, now you can take it a step forward. What keeps asking this question? Why do I keep asking this question? Because your realizations will put your, will put the questions to bed. If it's something that you keep asking like, who am I? More than likely, your question is not specific enough for you. Because when I ask who am I, the process is very different. Because I, I have a, a concept of I based on what I've read, who I've learned from, my own experiences. Um, you might have some other kind of mental projections or other understandings that you have to work through. So remember, the process is refined as you go as well because um, you may have a realization, but then for some reason the question comes back up, which means you need to refine the question a little bit more. You need to refine it a little bit more. And that can take some journaling, uh, some just brainstorming to just really get a handle on what am I really wanting to know here? What is this real drive behind it? And once you hit upon it, it's like gold. Then you bring it up, the question is answered in some way, now, later, in a few years, 20 years later, and aha, there it is. You don't ask the question anymore. So did you, did you contemplate the future event of injuring your finger or did your thoughts create the process of injuring your finger? Well, that's always the interesting question, right? Because maybe something pops into your mind because it's about to happen anyway. We don't know. We have, when, we, when, we, when we have experienced timelessness, uh, then you will have the answer to that question. So maybe the question for you is, what is it like to be beyond time? That's a good one, by the way. What is it like to, to experience timelessness and final question before we get to practicing together i think it's a question
So when I hear the words small self, true self, greater self, that sounds to me as a conceptualization and duality, as my mind probably creates the separation. Would this be a question of contemplation? It could be, but it could also be that you're being a little too nitpicky. Um, because we have to use words in order to have the conversation. Believe me, I would love it if I could just sit here and not say anything at all and somehow you got it. Maybe one day, 10 or 20 years from now, that will be the case. But in the meantime, I have to use words like divinity, God, small self, larger self, true self, bigger picture, just to kind of help with the teaching process. And this is something that is specified even in books like Vasista's Yoga. It will say things like, um, we have to use words to, con to contemplate and to have an access point to certain ideas. But we remember that those words are not, when I use dualistic terminology or when I use a conceptualization like true self or greater self, that's just like a jumping off point to kind of point you in the right direction so that you can, yes, contemplate it and, and get a grasp of what I mean. That way, when I use the term true self, greater self, small self, you're not sitting there thinking, well, that's awful dualistic and that's really making me um, focus a little bit too much on concepts. You've had the experience of what they are and I've had the experience of what they are. So when I say it, it's just understood. We don't have to kind of go into, is that a dualistic notion? Anytime we talk about something, it's going to be a dualistic notion. When there is silence, utter and complete stillness, that is truth. There will be no words. There will be no con uh, conceptualization, just direct, pure, raw experience. That's what will happen. So for you, maybe, you can contemplate what is it like to have pure, direct, raw experience of reality beyond words and concepts. What is it like? And then once you have the experience, you can contemplate, well, now what is it like to actually interact in a world where most people need these concepts in order to function? <laughs> so then you get the balance of the, 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 the profound experience and then how it relates to this time-space circumstance in which we're participating. All right. Now let's go ahead and... Um, practice some contemplation together. And in order to do that, we're going to meditate just for a little bit, maybe about 10 minutes to become calm and clear. And what I'd like you to do for this meditation, nothing fancy, um, no particular techniques, what I'd like you to do is simply hold your attention on your breath. And it can be helpful if you take one hand and you put it on your belly and the other hand and you put it on your chest and you practice I'm breathing deeply into the belly. So deeply without strain, you just simply focus on the breath with your eyes closed. You inhale, you feel your belly expand, then your chest expands a little. And you reverse the process like a wave. Inhale, feeling the breath move into the abdomen, the belly. Up into the chest, hold the breath just for an instant, not very long at all, then you let it all out. And so the focus of our meditation, the technique is simple breath awareness. And we're going to do this for the next 10 minutes. So whatever comes into your mind, whatever you experience, whatever you feel, it just dissolves with each breath. And then you sink your awareness back into the breath. Continue this process. Close your eyes and meditate.
Now again, remember, sink your awareness as deeply into your breath as possible. All your, all your attention is breathing deeply into the belly, up into the chest, comfortably without strain, letting it out and repeating it. Just like you're watching waves come and go on a beach. Your breath is the ocean. Your body is the beach. You're just letting your awareness be clarified by the simple breathing procedure.
Now, as you continue breathing in this way, bring your awareness to your heart. Feel the heart area. Continue breathing and begin to wonder, what is something that spiritually speaking you've been curious about, that you've really wanted to know, you've really wanted to understand, to make peace with, or to embody? Keep it relatively simple and straightforward, nothing that's gonna take pages. And as you breathe, kind of work out in your mind that question, what is it I really want to know? And then when you're clear on what it is you wanna know or something you've read or something you've contemplated through this retreat process, when you're clear on that, um, then decisively with curiosity, ask about it. Feel as though you are in communication with something of such profound and, and vast intelligence that it's incomprehensible to you, yet it does have the capacity to respond. So ask your question, hold it within your heart with curiosity, not with fear, not with anxiety, but with wonder, with awe even. What would it be like to know this? And after you ask it, rest, breathe, Hold your awareness in your heart and wait. And just simply wait and curiously observe. And again, if distractions or you've kind of lost your center or your curiosity, um, it's all right. Focus on the breathing, 
Hold your awareness in your heart and then reaffirm the question. Okay, no, what I really wanted to know was this and then restate what it is you're curious about, what it is you're, you would really love to experience or understand from a spiritual perspective. Put it out there with curiosity, with enthusiasm. Let the breath be the anchor. Hold your attention in your heart. Be as silent as possible and wait. Now, if you haven't already, lift your awareness up to the spiritual eye center. If you're already holding your attention there, that's fine. But lift your awareness up to your spiritual eye center. And again, breathe and contemplate. What would it be like if I knew this fully, not just in my heart, but in my mind? If I truly understood the answer to this question. And then restate your question. Let the breath be the anchor. Hold your awareness at the spiritual eye center and wait. Observe. Be curious.
Now let go of the contemplation of the curiosity. Let go of holding your awareness at the spiritual eye center. Let go of the breath and simply sit as you let your consciousness permeate your body, the entirety of your body. It may be that during this process, you did have some kind of insight or aha moment about what you were contemplating. Or it may be that this short meditation began the process of putting things into play, starting to turn the gears such that as you become receptive and ready, and as the universe sees fit uh, to find a way to share the information with you, um, this, is, this is starting the process. So let it go. Just completely let it go. And then if you want to pick it back up tomorrow after your next meditation, do so. Again, spend about 10 to 20 minutes and then let it go. The key is to plant the seed, let it go. Don't keep digging it back up because just like when you plant a garden, you can't plant the seeds and keep digging them up to see if they're working. You just got to plant it, which is what we've just done. And then every day, every other day, water it a little bit and then wait and let the realization come forth. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.